Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. There's something about a touch. There's something about a touch. And sometimes people have a hard time discerning between love and lust. Because we think love is emotion. Love is so much deeper than emotion. And a touch makes you feel. And sometimes when we feel something and we like the way it makes us feel, we think that's love. And there are people who go through life and never know what love really is. I have a friend who was just ordained and we were breaking bread and he's talking about his first marriage, which is on the West Coast. And he wanted some advice and he says, here's what I'm doing. And he said, one of the things that I, the questions that I ask this couple, the first couple that I ever have the privilege of marrying, I ask each of them, what is love? He said, they're about to get married. And I was astonished. They didn't know what love was. He said, so I took them to the word and I show them what love is so that when hard times come, they won't think, because love doesn't seek its own. Love doesn't seek its own. Love is easy to entreat, meaning easy to get along with. Easy to get along with. When you really love someone, it's more than a feeling. It's more than a feeling. Now that's just that's an example with couples. But with you and me, you will know by my fruit, not just what I say, not just what comes out of my mouth, if I really love you. And I will know if you really love me. And I hope after today, we all have some handles. We're not going to be able to unpack, because love is deep. Love is wide. So the intent is not to do it all today. I just want to focus on three questions, answer those in the word to get us started. And then one day, one of the things that I desire to do is to go through the love chapter. Love is not all bound up in there, but what I love about Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 is it tells us what love is and what it's not. And so you will never fall for an imposter again if you really understand that. And as I examine it closely, I realize that I, I haven't perfected love. I haven't perfected love. I know how to make people feel good about themselves, but I'm talking about to love fervently like the Bible says, it takes knowledge and work. Because we're, as humans, we're not wired like that. We're just not. There are some people who don't know how to give or receive love. That's what you see in North Texas. That's what you see in North Philly. Because without love, hope disappears. I'm talking about love.
And the Bible made it clear that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Love is never cold. Love is always hot. That's why it gets confused with lust. People even use language like, boy, she's hot. He's hot. Got nothing to do with love. Nothing. We're not going to go down that path too deep. So let's, yeah, we're going to go there eventually because we need to talk about it. One thing that God has made clear to me, and then we're going to get to the, because I'm going to stick to the time. But here made clear to me is there's some things that we need to talk about more openly in the church because people are struggling with stuff and we're sanitized and in a bubble. When we are isolated and in a bubble, how can we communicate to people in a language they understand? How can we communicate in a way that's relevant? When you come with sanitized stuff with people who have stuff all over them, they just want to get delivered and you can't, don't even understand them. As a church, how much goes on around us that we're totally unaware of? So as we go out, how can we bring Pentecost to the world if we don't understand their language? See, the difference between Babel and Pentecost, at Babel there was confusion and it created scattering. Everybody was scattered. Nations are nations today because of Babel, because everyone was scattered. At Pentecost, people from all over the world, all nations came, and what they heard from the church on the day the church was born, everybody glorifying God in the language that they understood. Do you understand the language of those that you're going out to communicate with? Sila. Here are the three questions. How, and we're going to answer them one at a time. How does faith work? And for the curious ones, you're like, I thought you were talking about love. Why are you talking about faith? You'll see in a moment. The second question, what does love do for believers? And then the third question. How do we know that we can always count on love? Leave that for a minute. Some people might want to take screenshots. Two weeks ago, I talked about hope spontaneously. Last week, I talked about faith. Today, I want to talk about love because those are the three abiding things of the faith. Faith, hope and love. And we're going to spend, we're going to do love today, these three questions, and then we're going to love on each other in the narthex. But today is just to start the conversation. And then we're going to go deeper on love. Because there's nothing miraculous that happens, Pastor O, without love. When Jesus looked at the multitude, Deke, he was moved with compassion. And I heard a definition the other day, the best definition I ever heard of co compassion. Compassion is a marriage between love and sadness. 
Compassion is a marriage between love and sadness. When Jesus looked out at the people and saw them as sheep without a shepherd, he loved them, but he was sad because of what they lacked. As we go out, may we be moved with compassion. May we always love, may people sense and feel and know that the love of God has come near to them. But what may our sadness provoke us to do something to help them out of their condition. So let's answer. You ready to answer the first question? So that you can say, what's faith got to do with it? I just triggered in somebody's mind who used to finger pop. See, I just aged myself saying finger pop. I only know about that because my parents used to say that. No, that's true. Somebody said, yeah, right. That's true. Finger popping predates me. It really does. Y'all don't even believe me, even when I'm telling the truth. How can I be real with y'all? You start mocking me. <laughs> so how does faith, New Covenant, I love you, I really do. That's why I can be vulnerable and take a risk because I know you love me too. If I doubted that, I would be sterile and stiff and just an itinerant preacher. But God sent me here to live with you, to do life with you, and to love you until I have no more breath. Thank you. I know that. That's why I can be real. Galatians 5, 5, and 6. How does faith work? You ready? Galatians 5, verse 5. For we through. Remember I talked about through? For we, come on, somebody say through. The Spirit, everything in the kingdom works through something. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Verse 6. See, so that's where faith for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. That means Jew or Gentile. That means your heritage doesn't save you. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. How does faith work, sis? Through love. So if I don't, if love isn't there, faith is unemployed. Faith works through love. And we wait eagerly through the Spirit, through the Spirit. So the next time you're going through, don't think of through as something negative. In the kingdom is positive because we get to the kingdom of God through much tribulation. Whatever you do, don't try to go around it because it's the will of God that you go through it. You got to go through. The world wants us to take shortcuts. Easy, instant. God says go through it. Because when you go through it, you're going to get to it. You know what you're going to get to? Your purpose. Your destiny is on the other side of what you're going through. Come on, let's, let's get to the second question. What 
does love do for believers? What is our corporate benefit when we love right? When we're not just thinking about ourselves and our own interests, that's what the world does. That's what the world does. That's why in any workplace, there's politics. And there are some people who try to leverage politics to get ahead. And they're as phony as a wooden nickel. But some, and that works. Even though it's clear, you can see them a mile away, it still works. That's why people do it. But then there are other people who understand politics, doesn't let it swallow them up, but they don't give in to it. The worst politics. This is just me. I didn't see this. I, it's not written in a book. I didn't, the worst politics are church politics because it has no place in the church because the government rests on his shoulders. It's all about him. It's about him. It's about the one who is called a wonderful counselor, a mighty God everlasting father and prince of peace. When we focus on him, there won't be politics because we give it all to him. But when I want power, then politics come. P politics is about power. That's why our two-party system isn't working. It doesn't work through love. I just want my side to win. The law in our time is about power. It's about winning and losing. It's not about justice. The only hope for the world is a church who loves fervently. A church who loves fervently. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. But the end of all things is at hand. Say that out loud. Therefore, because we know that the end of all things are at hand, one of the things that Bishop taught us, when you see therefore, what is it there for? Here, therefore, be serious. It's, this is no time to play games. The end of all things are at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. We're not just praying out of zeal. We're watching, and we know what to pray for. That's why you watch and pray. You watch and pray. If you pray without watching, you're, gonna, you're more liable to pray amiss. But we're supposed to be serious and watchful in your prayers. Verse 8, and above all things. Everything you do, there are some things that we need to do but above all things, have fervent love for one another. Fervent love for one another. We know that effectual, fervent prayer availeth much, but fervent love avails more. Avails more. Can I tell you something? Can I talk to you? Is it just between us? It's just between us, right? Our family. 
If you tell me, Pastor, I pray for you all the time. I pray for you. And then you do something or say something that is not consistent with what the Bible says love is, then you're doing something that is beneath, not above. Above all, we are to do what? Love one another. How? Fervently. So the best way to communicate love is to know the love language of the Bible, what love is and what love is not. But let me just keep focusing on the benefits because we'll come back to this another time, but I'm just planting seeds. For love will, come on, say love will. Love will cover a multitude of sins. That's why I want to come together with you because when I come together with people who know how to love fervently, I'm covered. When you come in the midst of people who know how to love fervently, you're covered. Because love covers. There's nothing else. The blood of Jesus and love are the only things that can cover you. Can you imagine that love is right there with the blood? Because love covers a multitude of sins. One of the things that has the potential to hurt people deeply is when they come into the assembly of God and they don't feel love. They feel rejection and condemnation. Remember the picture of God and his children and how they disappoint him how they make him look bad, how they had caused the enemies of God to mock him. He still rains on them. He still causes the sun to shine. The just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. The way we show godliness is to love those who see themselves as unlovable. Because there's something about love, Keisha, love constrains. The love of God constrains us to do good. If someone is doing bad and you want them to be constrained to do good, you love them. Because that's how God works. God is love. The most powerful force on earth is not an atomic bomb. It's not a nuclear weapon. It is love because God is love. And the force of God is greater than anything. And the more I love, the closer I am to God. And Jelaine, the more I give love, the more I express godliness. The divine nature that's in you and in me is released when we love. And sometimes it's expressed in compassion, that marriage between love and sadness. Love, it covers. Are you covered? Here's a different question. Because remember I told you, a touch causes you to feel. So emotion and love are not, it's only a small part of it. If I touch you, that doesn't mean I love you, right? But it causes you to feel. When you are really loved, it also causes you to feel. Love is more than a feeling. But part 
of knowing you're loved is that you feel a loving touch. Do you feel loved? That's a rhetorical question. If there's anybody in here that doesn't feel loved when you come into this assembly, that means we're not loving fervently enough. We might have wonderful worship. We might have wonderful teaching. We might have wonderful preaching. We might have wonderful fellowship. We might have wonderful hospitality. But that word said, above all. Put it up again. So everything that we do, above all things, there's not a thing that we do that love shouldn't be above. Above all things, not just any kind of love. Come on, you say it. Fervent. Look in your, get your browsers out and look up fervent. Webster knows what that is. Webster don't know what a munch is, but Webster knows what fervent is. Because that's how we ought to love. Question number three. Question number three, how do we know that we can always count on love? I don't know about you, but I've had people that I've counted on for years that I consider reliable, and then there are points in time when they let me down, which means I can count on them, but I cannot always count on them. Can't always. And that's the key word. I should have underlined it. How do we know that we can always count on love? 1 Corinthians 13 and 8. The first three words lets us know. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. I can love you and fail you. Does that mean I don't love you? No. It means there's no good thing dwelling in my flesh. But the one who is love, God never fails. And so that's why I want to be in his love so I can give his love because my love can fail. But the love that the Spirit is talking about never, am I saying that or is it written? Love never fails. And Paul wanted to make a point. He said, but whether there are prophecies, because he knows how we love the prophetic. I do. I'm not by myself. We love it. But here's the thing. They will fail. So what are you and I pursue with more fervency? Love or the gift of prophecy? Love. What should we follow after? Love or prophecies? Love. Because love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish 
away. So what is the benefit? What do we receive? Or how do we know that we can always count on love? Because it never fails. Somebody say with your mouth, love never fails. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm doing good with time. Some people didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could do it. I'm among those people. I said love never fails. I didn't say Bob never fails. <laughs> First Corinthians 13 and 13. And now abide. Faith, hope, and love. I just want to say this. I still have a little bit of time. The Bible is clear that everything is passing away, but there are some things in life that abide, that abide. And it begins with you and me abiding in the vine. Because if I abide in the vine, there are three nutrients that will always flow. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, because he's given to every one of us a measure of faith. As long as I'm in the vine, and anything that's on a living vine can grow. So my faith grows if I am attached to the vine. So we, it begins by us abiding in him and he in us. Because when I abide in him and he abides in me, when you abide in him and he abides in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. Because when we abide, we're going to ask for the right stuff. Because it's flowing from the vine. I want it to flow from the vine. When it flows from the vine, it will flow from my heart. It'll flow from your heart. Hope. Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory, the hope of glory. And God is love. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, the abiding things in life. But the greatest of these is not Muhammad Ali. I love Muhammad. In boxing, he's the greatest. But the greatest of these is love, fervent love. When we love right, our life lines up right. It doesn't mean that we won't go through. There's a purpose of going through. God has a purpose of that. So it's not, this is not fantasy island. This is life. We don't live in a bubble, but Love is the purest expression of God because God is love. There are attributes that describe God, but love is what he is. Love is who he is. So if, if someone's going to know when they meet you or me that we're godly, it's love. And you know the time that people need to be loved the most is when they're down. They don't need the letter. They need the spirit. 
because love lifted me. When nothing else would help, love lifted me. When I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me and now safe am I. What I want everybody to know is love lifted me. Am I the only one? Is there anybody in this room who's been lifted by love? Lift your hands if love lifted you. Stand in this place and let's give God some praise. If love has lifted you, condemnation has never lifted anybody. Love. Unforgiveness has never lifted anybody. Judgment has never lifted anybody. But love has, can lift everybody. Love can lift anybody. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.